0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the backlot. We are the backlot boys, and this is episode one Paradise Pier, fun in the sun. Unless you are a Pixar character, I am Scar.
1: And I'm Kyle, sometimes known as Boyguna Surf.
0: Awesome. So, Boyguna Surf, of course, uh, for everybody coming over from Twitch and YouTube to join us, that is, of course, my brother. You guys remember him. And, uh, you know, noob to pro. Famous green beans and things along those lines from uh, our Minecraft thing. So, something that my brother and I love is Disney, and we're super excited to kind of take our Disney love and passion and put it into a podcast that features commentary, history, rumors, and all sorts of things around the Disney company, the company, the studios, and the parks. And like I said, we're going to be talking about Paradise Pier. In my opinion, one of the most troubled lands in all of the Disney Kingdom, something that has now been changed out three times. And I can't think of anything in the parks that has ever been changed out this many times of such a substantial thing being a land. Can you think of anything else in the company that has been switched up that many times from rides or Lands like you know, I just can't think of anything.
1: I, I'm not sure. I, I think we're all we're all aware that Tomorrowland and Fantasyland have probably changed. I almost mm-hmm. want to say those two have probably changed the most. Yeah. But it's but it's in such a broad way. You know, it's it's little things here, little things here, eventually all adding up. Um, mm-hmm. Minus that catastrophe in 1998, Tomorrowland, but which I do have a soft spot for too. Anyway, yeah, it, it, there really isn't another place that has had rocket rods that has had so many different. Overlays. Yeah. You know, you went from beach style, carnival, Victorian era. Now you're going into this Pixar thing like, may, you know, pretty soon all this stuff is going to be in uh, in Tony Baxter's backyard and it'll be a whole new theme. So that's really what it seems like that this pier has an identity crisis. They can't figure it out. And um, but maybe they maybe they have with this Pixar thing. We're not being critical uh, or we are being critical, but we're not being negative. We're just, we, you know, we're interested to see what happens.
0: Trying to find a solution because I always find any like areas of the park that are troubled in Disney's own mind, like clearly by moving and changing all these things so many times like that intrigues me to kind of think about how like I would do it, which we're going to talk about in our next actual podcast. We're going to be talking more about the conception of Paradise Pier, where it was from the 2001 timeline to the 2008 to 2011, when it kind of switched out, and then from 2018, now when it's being moved to Pixar Pier, so we'll kind of move through those eras. Um, that is a good point about Tomorrowland and Fantasyland. But when I think of Fantasyland, it still was kind of that medieval, and it just kind of got an upgrade.
1: Sure, and that's and maybe that's that that's that's a better point. I I, I kind of goofed it up on that. Um, I've just I've seen Fantasyland change a small amount. Uh-huh. Um, just in the short amount of time that, you know, we've been around going to the parks, you know, yeah. uh, I, I would love to see, you know, from the fifties all the way through like a time-lapse or something. And you'll see that it changes like, but that's more like architecturally, mm-hmm. not theme wise. You're right. The theme has never really changed. That's yeah. a very good point. And also I should make one other point, um, Scar, you know, Scar, Scar just mentioned here that, uh, we're going to be talking about some things that they could do to the pier a little bit later on, um, in the comments section or any type of review and you want to put it on YouTube or wherever you want, um, Let us know if there are some things you'd like to see done to the pier, whether they're similar to ours or completely opposite. It would be kind of fun for us to maybe pop those up and and maybe touch on them or or a sentence or two um, in one of our future casts. So, you know, throw that in the comments and, and, uh, and we'll have fun with it later on
0: oh yeah definitely and make sure you guys give us constructive feedback of course like i said this is our very first episode and we're learning getting used to the whole podcast thing and i would love to hear you guys' constructive feedback about it and that kind of leads us let's get right into kind of the topic so Go going back to 2001 paradise pier was quite the <laughs> it was quite the land because it takes up i do believe the majority of the park compared to all the other lands Like it's like Sometimes I feel like it's like three-fourths of the park back there in that section. It's a major component.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it also houses something completely unusable outside of uh, World of Color, this giant pond, which <laughs> I guess is supposed to be the ocean, since it's a pier, but it's not a pier. It's a waterside, seaside area. It's tough to say. But it, does, it has a lot of unusable real estate over there, too. To be fair, there's also a bit of a back lot behind it.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so, I've had a question, and this has been since the day when we went there. Where is the ocean?
1: I can't find it. And a pier is supposed to be having tides moving underneath piles or pillars. That's the whole purpose of it. I mean, you know, the whole reason that they made pleasure piers was, you know, if, if somebody is in one of these seaside towns where the town actually may even sit a little bit below sea level, if the tide sucks out far enough, they can't even see the ocean. These people traveled. I mean, this is like, uh, you know, you're thinking people are in like funny little cars and stuff back then. This is early 1900s. They travel there for a long ways, and they can't even see the water. They build these piers, construct them way out there. People walk way out there to try to see the water. Uh, that is what a pier is. Mm-hmm. Paradise Pier, Pixar Pier. I, you know, it's. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where they came up with the name. I get it. I, it. Yeah, it's kind of funny for a second, but it's not architecturally, or it's just not accurate.
0: It's surrounded by land. You have on the far right side. You know, you have. Uh the Ariel's Grotto area, then on to the far left side, you have the Paradise Pier Hotel. It's always been a little confusing. The best I could ever guess is the oceans is on the other side of California screaming. But yeah, let's start with our tour here. All the
1: trees and everything. Let's just think about it like that. We'll think about it
0: like yeah, that. Yeah, we can, we, can, we can think of it that way. So Benefit of the doubt. Benefit of the doubt. <laughs> benefit of the doubt. So let's start at the beginning here. So like I said, 2000, 2001, the park opened. Uh, Paradise Pier was supposed to be a modern pier, am I correct in that? It's like a modern pier with like a small sprinkling of throwbacks to the 1920s and 1915 sure. piers of the time, I believe. Yeah, it's
1: like a beach style carnival, you know, it's got these funny carnival rides and all that, ca- not carnival, it's got a bunch of carnival games and it's got a roller coaster and it has a, it's got some staples, had the little carousel with uh, King Triton and a bunch of fish and everything floating around. Um, But yeah, so it's like this beach style carnival. That's really what it opened up to. You have these little games everywhere. People are winning, you know, big stuffed bears or, you know, some funny elephant or something. But then now you got to tote this big thing around. You're shooting some baskets and winning a bunch of prizes for your date. But now she has to haul this thing around. It turned into a whole thing. Everybody's carrying stuff. There's not enough lockers for these stuffed animals. I actually don't know if that's true, but you would think that it would be a little bit of a problem.
0: Yes, carrying these big animals around. I've always wondered, after somebody has one said big animal, what do they really do with it? How long does that really stay in their house before it's either well, put into the garbage? when
1: I've won a couple of those, I gave them to Peanut, who's my dog, and she destroyed them immediately, but had a wonderful time doing it. So, it, it has. They have, they have their uses. Well, there you go. But- I think a lot of times you see those things, people that you see them on the side of the freeway or you know under an overpass. You know, people just launch them out of the car too. So
0: it doesn't another. even make it home. It turns out
1: I don't condone it, of course, but I mean that's one way that people are utilizing things that they spent, you know, twenty-seven dollars trying to win, and now they're out of one-dollar bills and uh, they're upset, and so they launch this guy out the sunroof. It's no big deal, but it is a big deal. I
0: Literally. guess get a nice find on the way back so let's start with just a tour let's let's envision ourselves in 2001 i personally remember we went we you know as kids went to california adventure in 2001 and uh, mm-hmm. i remember being quite nervous about going on the big roller coaster which was california screaming and uh so we're let's just envision ourselves walking up kind of the performance corridor which was the uh, you know the parade route and to your to your right side I don't have a lot of information on this. I don't think there was a lot of activity in this area, but it is what is now Paradise Gardens, which is the viewing for World of Color. I think it was themed a little bit in kind of a San Francisco style because, you know, just behind you, you had the Palace of Fine Arts where Whoopi Goldberg show kind of showcasing uh, California, you know, the theme. I know a lot of school groups went there in the past. Uh, Do you remember that show? I remember going. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know where to
1: start with that one. Uh, you know, golden dreams is what he's talking about. Uh, it, it wasn't, there was some, it was like 25 minutes with Whoopi or something. I don't know. There was like a, they coined something. It definitely wasn't that, but it's, it's 347 seats in this place and they were always open. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, there's good air conditioning in there. You could go in there for that. Um, I, and this was a creation, uh, you know, this was like a senior VP guy at the time, Fitzgerald. Um, this is a Fitzgerald concoction, the big fits. Uh, put this thing together. It was really, you know, they, it had a good soundtrack. A lot of people, a lot of good reviews on the soundtrack, but uh, you know, people go in there to rest their paws after walking around for a little while. Um, the structure of it was pretty cool. There was kind of a motivating, uh, kind of a just do it type, type tone to it. Um, but uh, it really, I don't know. It just, it it didn't work because it was one of these things. It didn't have like a return uh, factor. You saw it once. Hey, that's great. Congratulations. Kind of some neat little effects or whatever. But uh, there was no reason to go back. It was never going to change, and it wasn't like a it wasn't thrilling in any sort of way like that. Um, so that was a little bit of a problem, mm-hmm. and uh, it just kind of stayed there, dinking around. You know, nobody was really going to it. Um, it did remain available on a limited basis, as you mentioned, for uh, school groups for a while, where you know it wasn't open to you know guests of the park, but they they sh- you know shuffle in some school groups here here and there. It was yeah. part of the Disney Yes program back then, which is, um, I think uh, Yes is uh, Youth Education Series, maybe. Um, the Rotunda's still there, obviously. It's been placed with a different ride. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was, a, it, it was a good attraction. I'm not knocking it at all, but it just wasn't, it didn't have, it wasn't sustainable, you know, from the yeah. start.
0: I think it, I remember going on, I remember there were two statues of Whoopi Goldberg. She was uh, like supposed to be like the spirit of California. If I remember it, I'm just thinking back to like how over old I was, like 12 or whatever, something like that. And I remember like her face changed or the lighting changed around it. I kind of remember that. Uh, I remember the, the video was was interesting, you know, it had different scenes of California through time, And but after you saw it once, it was like, I don't really want to go back, like, there's no real reason to see it once again, whereas a ride, as you kind of move through it, you see different things, you experience different things, depending on where you are in said vehicle, I think maybe this attraction could have been better as a ride, potentially, yeah. but... With the kind of budgets, I'm sure that wasn't even an option. So they kind of did the best they could with it. It had also it had that big mural on the front and all. But so that was the kind Mm -hmm. of San Francisco ish area, because, of course, to the right of the Palace of Fine Arts, There was the row houses, which then led you back into where the Grand Californian entrance and thing is. But so that was that area. I don't have a lot of memory of the kind of the area where Paradise Gardens is now. But if you do go up the ramp, you go over like a giant sign that says, you know, Paradise Pier, fun in the sun. And then that leads you into an area that does have some reminiscence of, you know, a Coney Island, that kind of architecture. It's a little over the top Victorian and if I'm not mistaken, there was a Wolfgang Puck restaurant where Ariel's Grotto is today. Am I am I correct in that? I think it was.
1: Indeed, in, indeed, there was. There was a Wolfgang Puck uh, restaurant that kind of sat there for a minute. Um, I, I'm trying to think of exactly how long it was actually in there. Um, did not do well. Um, no, it did, in no. fact, it might have been like the shortest. It might have been the shortest one in there. Um, that was that uh, Avalon Cove Mm mm-hmm. oh, Man, it was eight months. I think it's in there. It was in there less than a year. I know that at yeah. least it was no, it, it. The park first opened. It's in there. Um, but it just it wasn't making any money. Maybe it was just it just wasn't right for the area. Yeah.
0: And of course, it had the Cove Bar, which is a very popular uh, establishment on that back section. I'm pretty sure it was their opening day. Um, That has grown in popularity over the time. And then to its left side over there, there was uh, some shops. And it's funny about those shops is those were some of the coolest things because you could see kind of the old remnants of a pier. Like I remember they had like an oak wood floor. There was Mm -hmm. some old carousel uh, horses up in the ceilings of the shop. And it's like if the whole pier was themed like this, I'd like it. I like it. Yeah,
1: they had. um, I think they if, if Souvenir 66 was over there unless that was down on the boardwalk and I'm forgetting now, um, Pacific Ocean Photos, that actually might've been down there too. I can't remember, but you're right. There were some good stores up there, a couple of good little shops. They do have, and I maybe they're they're done with this now too, especially with all the renovations, everything changes. Everything we're saying about what it looks like now we're, we're really just talking about, you know, 2001 and, and maybe even a little bit of 2008, but they had that bear. What's this bear? Everybody at the, you know, the, um, the, the Asian parks, everybody likes this bear, Duffy. Ah, uh, Duffy they bear. They a some over there. There's a line, but. You know, it wasn't that long of a line. line. It wasn't substantial. I walked over there. I looked at the line. I looked at the bear. I didn't want to be in the pictures. But you could see how maybe somebody would be interested. Somebody, you
0: know, somebody might be interested. I'll be honest. I I don't don't think there was a line. You know, I don't mean to knock the bear, but the bear never was popular here. He was a fine bear. It's It's a fine bear. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say good bear, but maybe
1: not important bear. Not important Mm. over here. So that Mm -mm. didn't make any sense. There were some confusing things over there
0: later in the game. So one of the interesting things about Paradise Pier is I I like the position of Ariel's Grotto because that's what I know the area as, is it's elevated a little bit. It kind of looks down over... Uh, Paradise Pier, which is kind of neat. It's a cool effect. I've never been inside, but I've seen pictures that overlook the bay with World of Color and stuff like that. Looks kind of neat. Um, but we're still in 2001. There's no such thing as World of Color. We'll continue yep. down the kind of the ramp. Like I said, we're up. We're kind of up, elevated over the bay, and we'll kind of work our way down. And we're going over this section that is California Screaming's catapult so that's the in, in what do they call those things induction motors linear induction motors that launch oh, the uh, yeah the limbs that very important um that launched california screaming off and like i said in 2001 young scar freaking out at this point i was very scared about the loop because i've never been on a loop and uh we were working our way down there and i think the first thought that i had was all i could all i could envision back in 2001 was it eh, there's the roller coaster there's a this, there's that there was nothing that really made you feel like you were a part of something, it didn't make you feel like you were in a land or experiencing anything, it was just some rides. So, you had California Screaming on your left, and it's just kind of a plane, you know, built up uh, you know, a shade structure, things like that, just a bunch of concrete. Uh, the, the fast pass machines were themed as like old fashioned cars, if you remember right, and yeah, yeah. trying to yep. think of anything else in this area of note. So if we continued down, there was a space where you could watch. Yeah, the... I did have
1: one quick question. You you're a young man when you first went on this. Uh, you're you're eleven. How old are you? You're eleven years old or something. Somewhere around,
0: around there? there, yeah, I believe.
1: Okay, yeah. So he's around there. Um, plenty of reason to be scared. Um, in fact, California Screaming, I think it it did or does, held the longest. Um, held this world record for the longest coaster with an inversion so rightfully so if you were a little uh, you know a little uneasy
0: yeah you know i was a little nervous you know i loved all the other roller coasters but something about that roller coaster made me a little nervous before i went on it but uh after it was done i loved it rode it many many times afterwards loved every minute of it it's a really fun roller coaster i mean getting launched and mm-hmm. going through those tubes three two one Yeah, it it was fun. I don't like the countdown. I like to be surprised, by the way. Um, But yeah, I I really liked that ride. I think it was really well done. I think once we get into the part where we talk about how we would have done things different, I think it would have benefited from a little bit more Disney, you know, pizzazz, a little more theming, Mm -hmm. things along those lines. Um, For some reason, they decided to add a carousel. I think, you know, my thoughts on a carousel. I like carousels. They're good, important, all. But Big do we need guy over here. do we need two carousels in one resort? You could you could walk five minutes to the other carousel in the other park, and that's a much nicer carousel. You know, you got the Sword and Stone, you get the flowers, you got Peter Pan. Um, and they're just, made out
1: of wood, you know, or at least it, it seems that way. These these wood. ones, I, it, it looks like plastic. It it was very confusing. These were like those cheap toys that. You know, you go to like the gas station, and they're in like this plastic bag, and they one of. There's like a tank in there, and maybe a. It's, it's like knockoff army men anyway. Um, that's really King Triton's on there. There's a bunch of fish swimming around, and I think there was a, maybe there was like a weird like seahorse or a bird, but it looked like a fish. Very confusing. Not did not make sense in that area over there yeah, because it did you not. took this you took this Disney thing, and there really was. I mean, there was almost nothing Disney on Paradise Pier. That was also one of the things that was kind of interesting over there. There was virtually nothing. One of the only things at that time that I remember seeing that was Disney or Pixar. So no Disney, no Pixar, except for the King Triton thing. Yeah. Um, one of those games, one of those carnival games, I won a Dumbo, uh, yeah. a medium-sized Dumbo I won over there. And I was like, even that, I was like, shouldn't I be winning like some pink gorilla or something over here? These are carnival games. <laughs> it was just very out of place.
0: Yeah. You know? So at that time in 2001, of course, there was no Midway Mania that we know of in that area. What in its place, of course, was three or four restaurants that were just walk up things. You walk up to the window, never opened. They were never opened. So after there you- There was
1: a burrito place, but I never remember it being no, I never even remember having a burrito. I never had a shot at a burrito.
0: Never had a chance. No. And then you, you continued down, of course, where the boardwalk games were. And then you come out with the wheel. So- that was the big Ferris wheel. It was kind of a, you know, it's flanked around its backside with the California Screamin'. And, you know, it had the big sun face. Um, it was kind of that tealish color, you know, had the white supports and kind of a copper uh, sun face on it. It has two different uh, gondolas. So one is a stationary. And that goes around the side without doing any of these little, you know, swoopy, swoopy things. And of course, there's the swoopy, swoopy ones where they make everyone dizzy and sick. And those are more of the interior of the carousel. And if I'm not mistaken, that is modeled after the Ferris wheel in Coney Island. I'm not mistaken. I uh, think it is. It's modeled after oh. a real one. I think it is, but I'm not 100 percent sure. I don't know why Chicago's on my mind that maybe it was over there. But I, it's, it is modeled after a real one. Um, okay. But it's I definitely do,
1: not. It's definitely not modeled after Santa Monica because that one is solar powered. No, you it is definitely ones. not. Nowhere no. near that.
0: No, and it's, well, be, also because of the the differences in the way the vehicle moves. Of course, you know uh, the there was a very
1: early one. Like I mean, we're, like it's funny you brought up Coney Island, and it makes sense. Coney Island's you know very old um, in its uh, in its origins. That uh, the the type of the type of Ferris wheel that you're talking about, where it has independently moving cars and sliding on this little thing. That was an idea, that's a pretty old idea, too. It, it's, it's cool, and it, I remember the, when I first saw it there, I was like, whoa, this must be kind of the first of its kind. I've never seen anything like this, but that concept has been around for a long time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do remember uh, I made the good decision of going in the stationary vehicles, and you and our dad went on the other, and you, you guys didn't fare so well. You didn't fare so well. You know, now that you bring it up, you're thinking of the Wonder
1: Wheel, and it being, and, and you were right. You were right about the Coney Island. The Wonder – Dino's Wonder Wheel was a, an attraction, and that is what the Mickey's Wonder Wheel was based on. I knew oh, – okay. the Chicago, the Coney Island, everything was throwing me off there for a second. But having gondolas that run down a short track like that, mm-hmm. uh, the Wonder Wheel did that. And it was only like um, – it was more than half. It was like 16 out of 24 of those gondolas did that, and it was pretty neat. But also, you get dizzy in there and you have to stare at somebody that you don't know sitting across from you. And if, if you know, so if the dizziness and the moving around wasn't enough, now you're looking at this guy that obviously wore the wrong size shorts, maybe shirt, uh, and then it's just a disaster from that point.
0: Personally, I don't like to sit with other people on rides. You know, I, I will wait, I will pay more. I don't care what it is. I do not want to go in the same compartment as other people. It's, it's you know, you know, I, you can judge me all you want. I just like to have my own space. Um, I'm sure this other person would like to have their own space also. It's fine, you know? But Did you I,
1: know that there were motion sickness bags that are in there? I, I think they're in every gondola. Um, I don't know if they're, if it, if that's even limited to the ones that move. I think they're all of them are like that.
0: Yeah, I think they... I know there is in the swinging ones for sure. And um, I'm trying to think of if, if any other attractions. That, that's the only one that I know of, of any Disney attraction that has that. But I know, I know they did at least at one time. They probably still do. Um, but that is that is the Sun Wheel. That that ride I do like the Sun Wheel. Stationary vehicles, good view. You get to see a lot of cool things, especially during construction and stuff. So moving out of there, we land at the Malaboomer. So that is an interesting attraction that is no longer there today. Just a concrete pad with three trees on it, and that is it. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's a funny one, Malibu-mer. Uh, You know, you kind of. One thing that I, I always thought was kind of neat is if you are dealing with a very clear day and there's no coastal fog or anything getting in the way and you're in one of the west facing, uh, you know, there's like these rows of seats, um, you can see the beach from up there. So pretty cool. You know, it's a space shot attraction. You know, everybody knows, you know, it was designed to look like one of those things that, you know, people swing that giant hammer like a high striker, yeah. swing the hammer, hit the thing, shoots up in the air. The Boomer was that. It wasn't like at Knott's Berry Farm where this thing takes you up and then you, you, do, a, you do a free fall. It wasn't like a drop zone style. It was mm-hmm. you sit there for a second and then shoots you straight up. A lot like, a lot like California, a lot like screaming. You know, yeah. you got all this stuff, just shooting me out of there. It's like everything's trying to get you out of there. What's trying to get you to come into California Adventure? There's a lot of, I have a lot of questions.
0: I do like the like point sh- where you did find the ocean finally. You did find the ocean, which I like. Mm-hmm. Glad you found yeah, it yeah. finally.
1: I, and you know, so now we know.
0: The thrilling nature of the mountain,
1: but it's a pier that is a long ways from the beach.
0: (laughs) I, you know, the thrilling nature of the ride was fun. Like I enjoyed it, but eventually, when Tower of Terror came, it was like this is how these rides should be made. And it just you look over at that ride, and it's like, what's the point of it? It's almost like having the two carousels. It's like
1: exactly. ah. It was a it was a duplicate and you know, some, the, the duplication was you know, nowhere near in comparison. Yeah, well this compressed gas, it shoots people, what is it, how, is that 180 feet or something? It might be less than that, I, I think I'm wrong there. But anyway, it, you got three and a half Gs worth of you know, force shooting you up there. Um, you remember those little shields? There's these shields that would be in front of you. I always thought somebody gets sick, they're gonna lose their lunch, that shield is to keep it from winding up on everybody down mm-hmm. below. And maybe it, it seconds as that or whatever, but really that is to block the noise and the screams so that the residential areas around Disneyland, everybody knows Disneyland is in Anaheim. It's in a residential district. It's not, you know, out in the, you know, you got like Kings Island and things like that where they can do anything they want. They could scream as loud as they want. It doesn't matter. If there's nobody around. That sounds kind of creepy, but they can do all that. But in Anaheim, you can't. So those little shields were supposed to block the screams to keep the neighbors from being coming upset. Goes the same for that tube that's on, um, you know, that was on screaming or it's going to be red now. But that tube that was on screaming, that's also a noise suppressor. You know, it's not there for it acts as other things now, too. But anyway,
0: yeah. And then another thing, too, with that is um, I used to think that also if it was like things around your neck, like sunglasses, hats and all that stuff would also fall in there. Maybe. Maybe that's that's originally what I thought it was for. So I I don't know. Um, So moving out of there, we we kind of take a little split in the road. So in one direction, you can find the USS Rustworthy, which was kind of an attraction for kids to play on and boop, boop the horn. And, you know, you got the little uh, squirters and stuff like that. Um, so that's kind of in the center of, of this kind of split in the road. And then you can go over to where they sold some pizza and there was an attraction called the Burger, Burger Invasion, which was McDonald's at the time. Disney had a contract with McDonald's and they supplied, you know, McDonald's hamburgers and fries. Uh, we actually ate there um, after we went on the the rides, um, you know, California Screaming, the carousel. Uh, the Sun Wheel, and when we met up there, we ate there for a little bit. I think it made you and Dad feel better after you went on the. Sure. Yeah, I mean, because uh, we were the
1: adventurous ones. We went out and we went. We went for the more intense experience, um, and uh, and and so we checked that out. I totally forgot about that rustworthy thing with all the little squirters. That's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, there you start rounding that corner, and it's still there. Were still things back there that I do feel like were closed. And like that mm-hmm. pizza um I don't know if I ever actually went there. Um, so there was it was hard to find. It wasn't inviting you up to the counter. There were people. Sometimes people are smoking back there. It just um, it, it, I don't know. There was just that that little spot right there. Even though you could do a full circle and come all the way out of the pier, it really felt like the end of the road. And they were just kind of not really sh- if the crowd, the movement back there. It was I don't know. It just didn't seem. It, it wasn't inducive of like having a good. It wasn't conducive to having a good time. You just there were so many little stops. But to be fair, the burgers, everything, did make us feel better.
0: It did. Appreciate I remember it. that. Also, when I went on the Timekeeper or Time Traveler, whatever that attraction was in Magic Kingdom at Disney World, after I went to mm-hmm. Pico's, Bill also felt better. So something about hamburgers after going on a dizzy yeah. attraction. Once the dizzy goes away have a hamburger makes it do, makes it feel better. So, you'll also find in that back corner was Maholan Madness. I kind of think of these two attractions as the same Maholan Madness and Superstar Limo in a way. Um it's a it's a it's a wild mouse style attraction, kind of a build and drop in the place, I guess. You know, it's just kind of a a pre-built type ride. You get in a little vehicle, it kind of you just kind of spiral down and it makes it look like you're going through the Maholan Madness and whatever that is, actually, I have no idea. Yeah,
1: Mulholland Boulevard, yeah, it's the yeah. Hollywood Hills. Uh, people get used to get crazy on there. Um, mm-hmm. Did you skip the orange
0: stinger? Did you skip? We're not that there. We're not you? there yet. Mm-mm. Okay. We're gonna right. get there. We're gonna get there on this tour. So yeah, okay. that that was an attraction. And in that back corner there, there was actually an entrance to the Paradise Pier Hotel. And that was, I believe, the information. We didn't stay there at the time, but the information was a little fishy. Is if. Other guests of the Disneyland hotels, you know, Grand California and the Disneyland hotel, could they use that entrance or not? Maybe the viewers could let us know. But as far as I know, that that was actually only for Paradise Pier guests. So they could go from their hotel, cross the street and into this entrance. And that would lead them right into Paradise Pier. Um, it was just a small entrance. I think there was maybe just two turnstiles and a little overhang design. Um, very secluded, something that... Uh, I personally, um, we never used, we didn't stay there, of course. Um, but it would be quite an interesting thing if that was back again. It would give Paradise Pier Hotel a little bit of a benefit, if you will, because it is a little isolated from the other hotels. Um, but that was a thing that is no longer there and did not last very long. I would say tops maybe two, three years at best. Probably probably less than that.
1: Uh, the gate, the hotel gate?
0: Yeah, the one going from the hotel to it. So think of it a lot as the Grand California one into the Grizzly area of California Venture. Very similar to that. Orange Stinger. I know you like this attraction.
1: The Orange Stinger, which is now the Silly Symphony. I'm, And now I have questions about this too. And a lot of you guys have probably seen how you guys, some of you guys have seen pictures of the new, you know, the Pixar Pier and kind of what they're expecting. It almost looks like, and I could be wrong, that Silly Symphony stays. They're going to keep that over there makes no sense. We'll get there. We'll get there. I don't know what it's doing, but this is, the stinger, is a true 4D ride. You can see the pier from it. There's one of your senses right there. You can hear bees buzzing around, and that is not just a simulated sound. Part of the reason they had to change this thing from the orange thing to the silly thing is because that citrus scent was attracting real bees. People were being stung, maybe people with bee allergies unknowingly stung over there attacked by these bees so you're seeing the pier you're hearing the bees you're smelling the oranges and they say you're supposed to be feeling the wave action of how the how the that middle arm type thing is is manipulating the ride but i think the real feeling is the bees stinging you and so it was this whole thing it was really great everybody loved it um not, actually not that many people liked it
2: uh, they everybody, tore it down
1: um you know people were being stung and uh, it was a whole thing. So what they decided to do was they replaced it with uh, with the silly symphony thing, which I actually like. Sometimes you see these rides with these swings on them, and you're like, I don't think so. When it was the stinger, you were actually in a. I think there was like a bee, like yeah, the, the the other swing, and then there's like this plastic bee around it. But these bees are bumping into everybody. They're getting they're getting dinged up. They're always replacing them. They're always fixing them. There's scuffs everywhere. Finally, like we're rid of the bees. We're just doing the swings. And uh, I always kind of had a good time on it. And I don't like rides that spin around, mind you. So somehow I was able to tolerate this. And I, I, I really don't know how. But uh, but anyway, so that's one of the attractions over there. Uh, Scar can talk in a little bit more depth either here or in a later podcast about whether that ride will remain when it becomes Pixar Pier.
0: Yes. Um, so moving down the road, you'll find Jumping Jellyfish. Those Those are... It's very similar to the Malibumer, but more made for kids. So you get onto it, it kind of pops you up a little bit into the air, kind of themed like jellyfish. I think the rock work around it's kind of nice. I like some of the plants in it. Uh, the actual, like, structure of it is kind of a metallic. So make it kind of look like it's underwater. It's kind of cool. Uh, you'll also Are you going find... to mention
1: that Intamin built this thing?
0: Which thing? The, the Jumping jellyfish. know. the same I know.
1: company that built... Uh, California Screamin' and you know I mean did they're like a, a mega coaster developer the Swiss company yeah um they so the same guys the same guys that did California Screamin' are also responsible for Jumping
0: Jellyfish. Do you think it was like a buy one get one free deal or something? With it's got to
1: be some kind of thing like hey you know we're, we want to we started testing out these small kind of goofball rides in our portfolio uh, you know we work on this you're going to take one of these
0: yeah buy one and, get one free and then there you have it yeah. You know what else you find near jumping jellyfish? What else are you going to find over there? The only sand in Paradise Pier. It's a small sandbar. It's about 25 by 10. It has a little washed up buoy. That's like some of the only theming that you could find in Paradise Pier. There was also an area where it had um, like the showers, like you'd find it like a beach. You can you know, pull the chain. You, the water comes out. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's something I remember just as a kid, it was like, I remember seeing that and the showers and I was like, Oh, that's kind of neat. I want to see more of these things more of these things that make me really feel like I'm somewhere different, not just, you know, a couple of rides scattered around and we'll come up to our last attraction and that's the golden Zephyr. So the golden Zephyr was, uh. It's actually a really nice attraction. I like of, that ride. Of all the of all the kind of spinner style rides or flat rides, whatever you want to call it, uh designs within the area, I feel like that one fits the best. So you had these like giant kind of like Zephyr-like vehicles. You know, you get inside, they're shiny, spin around in a circle. It's really nice. Like I think it looks really cool. For some reason, every time we went to Disneyland, um, you know, in those early days, it was always closed because of high winds. I never even think they actually used it up until recently, because every single time we went, closed for high winds. <laughs> closed for high winds. So, how,
1: did you ever get to get on the ride?
0: I've never been on it now.
1: Never been on the Golden Zephyr. Never
0: been on the Golden Zephyr. How do you never. like that? Yeah, it's true. So, guess what? Mm. That that's it. That's Paradise Pier in two thousand one. So that can is can I mention
1: something that you may be for you may be forgetting this, and and I, oh. I wish you weren't. You, you probably aren't, but I, I, I have to. It would be. I have to bring it up. Okay. Luminaria.
0: Oh no! This I knew you were going to bring this
1: up. Luminaria, the poor man's world of color, the backyard version of world of color. Does you know anybody remember this? Please chime in. Please chime in and say something. They. There was a point, there was a spot in the park, and I, I, wanted to, I can't remember exactly where it was. Part of me wants to say that it's over by where that they did the toy soldier meet and greet for a while, kind of across from um, California Adventure, or kind of across from Screamin' and across from Midway Mania for a while. Anyway, they had a setup over there, like around Thanksgiving, where you could go over. It's going to sound like I'm making this up. You go over there, and you can create your own greeting cards. hmm even I feel like I'm making it up to myself. You create these greeting cards and then those are projected up on either water curtains or whatever during this little kind of low-level fireworks show that they had in Paradise Bay. And I, I still, like, I know that there's like similar things to this, illuminations, the reflections over earth and all that stuff at, at Epcot is supposed to be like that. But this is, it was just a disaster. It opened in November, um, like I think it opened in November and of 2001 so the first time around with the park and it closed in January. So the thing's open to two months. They could have changed it to not have to be just like, you know, Christmas greeting cards. It could have been anything in the world. Um, but Steve Davison was the one that created this. The guy's responsible for some really neat stuff, but somehow he created this and I feel like it was one of those things. He built it. And then he just sort of slowly backed away and hid in a bush or something because <laughs> he looked at it and he's like, Oh my God. So it was just uh, kind of a, I, I don't even know what to say about it. Actually. It was a, that's a, a good that's test
0: bed, really. They, they learned that pyrotechnics in that area was just a no-go. Um, one of the reasons was that it, the smoke kind of stayed in the bay and drifted into the Grand Californian. So, you know, you have people ah, paying like, right. you know, at that in those days, probably, I don't know, like $300 a night. Um, you know, now it's like four or five these days. But, uh, yeah, you know, these right. people are paying good money and, you know, their rooms are full of smoke and not having good times and it was just like lingering in that area. So that's why you'll see a lot. Mostly there you see no fireworks in that area. They might have some for New Year's, but I've never been there in New Year's. But um, and that was kind of a good test bed, if anything, for World of Color to come. And uh, like you said, Steve Davidson is just like a genius when it comes to those spectaculars. But I just feel like He's once again, once again, yeah. Imagineers were given like a small pot to work from. And uh, they just didn't have a lot of resources, unfortunately. Uh, the Illuminations or whatever it's called, Luminari, um, mm-hmm. I think it's a lot like Malibu and Tower of Terror. You have a world of color, and you have yeah. um, that. It's the same thing. It's like they're very similar, but you, this, when you give them more resources, these are the things that they can create. And I think that brings us into 2008 to 2011 time frame. That is when California Adventure transformed from... You know, a park that was more of like a modern day kind of hip and edgy design to something that they wanted to bring you back into time in California Adventure. So they, you know, they designed the front entrance of the park to be 1928 ish, around there when Walt visited California or when he came to start working here, things like that. Um, the Grizzly area turned into kind of a 1960s. So you see like the Rambler and stuff like that uh, parked over by Soren. Um, just things like to kind of bring you back to that time period. And one of the places they were going to really take you back was Paradise Pier. Instead of kind of having this modern day pier where you got your... Um, small remnants of the olden days of peers, but they're going to bring you right back. I I used to, I know for a fact that they had said at one point it was 1915-ish that they were going for but later I've heard it was like 1920s so I'm not exactly sure but they were going to take you back and I think personally. It really
1: seems like 20s is what they're hinging on now. I know what you're talking about mm -hmm. because I, I read that somewhere too but I'm not sure if that was more fan based. As far as what's been officially stated it's been the 20s. Yeah. And you're right, you know, that, the, that this, this area, the pier, was one of the major renovations. But also a big part of that, obviously, was the front entrance. And that whole Buena Vista Street area, those two areas were like, they put a billion dollars into the renovation. They did. The whole thing all together. They even, I think they rededicate, didn't they rededicate the park?
0: They did. There's two plaques. Bob one one Iger, from Eisner, one from uh, Iger.
1: Bob Iger popped in there. This is June 15th in 2012. And he goes and does this whole thing. And it's funny, have you ever noticed that, and I don't know if Walt, he would like this because it's showing reverence to himself or if he would be like, hey guys, come up with your own thing. But each one of the the dedications and rededications of new parks or new lands or, you know, rethemed or whatever they're doing, it always starts out to, it always starts out with, to all who come to this place of dreams or to all come to this happy place, welcome. They, now to me, I kind of like it, but I just wonder, you know, should they kind of redo the whole thing? Or is this the thing that paying homage to the original dedication is a neat little thing and I'm glad that they keep doing it. Are you guys glad that they keep doing that? Scar, are you glad that they keep doing
0: that? Uh I don't really care. You yeah, know, there you go. So moving yeah, on. They can do they can they you know, I'm not not too partial. You know, they I don't really the only the only dedication plaque that I care about is the one at Disneyland. The other ones, you know, they're all fine. They're all fine. Like other parks. Disney World, yeah, it's great. You know, they have fun over there. They got all their resorts and golf courses. But you know, the only park that I care about is Disneyland. You know,
1: a traditionalist. There he is. Okay, uh,
0: you know, it's just the one where it's just a special that. feeling yeah. over there. I like all the other parks, but so there's just something special about Disneyland. Sure. So that plaque I care about. Um, mm-hmm. so 2008 to 2011, the uh, the Golden Dream Show is made way for Little Mermaid. Got a Little Mermaid attraction. It's using the Omnimover system, not the original Tony Baxter Mermaid. Uh, attraction that was supposed to be built over in Paris at one time. There was even like a 3D CGI model of it on the Little Mermaid DVD. Um, I just rented the bonus features for Little Mermaid just to see that one time. <laughs> awesome. um, it, so the vehicles were actually uh, suspended. So similar to, say, um, Peter Pan. So that mm-hmm. was a cool boat. They went with the Omni Mover, you know, for capacity. I find that mermaid doesn't really ever have a line, maybe five, ten minutes at best. Is that your mm-hmm. experience with it? It's a good ride. Yeah, I like the, I like
1: the ride. Yeah. I think the animatronics are excellent.
0: Oh yes, very much so. Ursula is probably one of my favorite animatronics, and uh, I really like when it tips you back and you get that blast of cold air. Ah, that's and great. The, particles. the bubbles are
1: going everywhere. I yeah, feel like you're sitting back in a hot tub for a second. Except it's actually really cold in there, but still. You
0: know, you yeah, it. It, I I think it's a good it's a good attraction. Uh, the only criticism I would give it is the um, the sets always feel so far from you um maybe that's regulation things like that or safety but i miss some of the darker rides where things were a little closer together they make you feel a little more intimate within the space um the other criticism would be that uh, i wish there was a death scene for ursula um there is none, oh, i believe that one time it's it so
1: intense at the end well you see her kind of like isn't she is it an animatronic or is she kind of like is it like a matte painting it's like painted on the background and you see her kind of like She's kind of going down into the water. Obviously, yeah, she she's going distressed.
0: down. Yeah, unfortunately, right. that, that didn't make it. I always hoped because they actually did close the attraction two times to change out a few things. Like they changed the lighting and the paint of the characters in the big underwater scene area. Um, and they changed a few other little small things here or there, like hair on a character and stuff. I always hoped that they would add that death scene, but they, uh, they never did. But like I said, I like it. I think it's a huge improvement to the park. And that's the first big change. Now, right across is Paradise Gardens. Or is it Gardens? Yeah, I think it is. So that We're became back around. We're
1: back around full circle.
0: Back around full circle. And uh this area became, you know, the seating for World of Color. Out in the bay now, there's there's a giant aircraft carrier. It sits under the water, it rises up in the in the evening, and there's a beautiful show. I love world of color, good stuff. The music, I think the first like five minutes of it's my favorite with the old you know, wonderful World of Disney thing. You got the you got the fun wheel, which we'll talk about soon. You know, it's got all of its LEDs on it that really enhance the show. They've added, you know, all sorts of cool things to California screaming to, you know, make that part of the show. So World of Color is a huge change for the park. It allowed the park to stay open later. It's um, when that actually was debuted, it was the first time I noticed there was people staying in California Adventure. You didn't just go on one ride and go back to Disneyland. Like people were staying to eat, you know, experience other rides. It was like, man, it's actually busy in this park again, which is a good thing and a bad thing. You know, you like to go through it a little bit quieter, but it's nice to see that it's mm-hmm. actually active. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's it was a big like
1: the one. 60s or whatever that the, oh, I, the Sherman brothers, they, they came up with that World of Color song. And, uh, I, 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 completely agree with you that beginning part when the lights are first starting to come about and that song comes on if, um, I don't know if nostalgia puts people in, uh, puts butts in seats, but I'm pretty sure it does. And mm-hmm. they are capitalizing on that big time with this show.
0: Yes, for sure. And they added a small boardwalk along the perimeter. So that's kind of like the splash zone. I believe I've never been in that area, always been kind of far back, but I believe you, you're in that kind of boardwalk area of it. Uh, you do get wet. Um, They also added, which is one of my favorite things, trees. There is a there is a line of gigantic trees that go along the back of the gardens. That's something they added throughout Paradise Pier to try to make it a little bit uh, a little bit more bearable. At the time, my dad referred to it as the giant concrete pond and the giant concrete walkways. Um, So they kind of broke that up with different kind of pathways and trees and plants Um, going into Ariel's Grotto. It's now Ariel's Grotto. um, They didn't do a lot down in this area, as far as I know seems like it's pretty much the renovations from the Cove bar to aerials and that's about it.
1: Yeah. It really kind of shuts down and, uh, you know, to the credit of the company, you know, some of the people involved in this expansion, it really did boost attendance rates, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, dramatically, dramatically. So attendance rates go up. There's still not a whole lot to do over there. Um, cars land shortly after, but, uh, It was there. There was some very, very cool stuff having to do with with this expansion. Um, It just so happens that since we're here to talk about Paradise Pier, not the rest of the park, Paradise Pier really didn't get any better.
0: Unfortunately, it not all the way. I feel like looking at the models. So if you guys remember, there was a blue sky seller. They had a lot of artwork, things like that. They had a big model of California or of uh, Paradise Pier, and you could see a lot of stuff that was cut. And uh, we'll kind of see that as we kind of go along. I think the, f- the first thing for sure um, that we'll see is California Screamin' did not get any changes. They, I believe they changed the color of the Scream tubes, I believe, to a slightly bluer. They removed the giant Mickey that was behind the loop and they replaced it with kind of a sunburst and they put Paradise Pier above that. So that was a change. Um, So that's one thing for California Screamin'. Other than the station, everything like that pretty much stayed exactly the same. Um, You'll move over to the kind of the carousel once again. No changes there as far as I know. Um, But you will find massive changes with Midway Mania. So in 2001, there was no Midway Mania. Now we've got a Toy Story ride that takes you through the Midway games and you play it. And I've got my button. We're not going to talk about that. Um, so you uh, we should talk about that shouldn't. actually just really mm. quick.
1: And, you know, I didn't think that this was going to come up. So it caught, caught me a little off guard here. Um, <laughs> you guys are familiar with this ride. If you're not, um, there's a, you know, you've got these 3d glasses on, and you're looking at these screens and there's all this great stuff to break. Um, you know, there's, there's plates and you're splattering stuff everywhere yeah, yeah, and you're, good you're tossing rings onto aliens, all this stuff. You, you guys have fun, have fun with it. And you aim this little, you aim this, your little, uh, your launcher thing at it. And you pull a string back, yeah. and you release the string, yeah. and that's what sends the projectile, you know, into the into the virtual environment. It's exhausting by the end of it. Mm-hmm. You find funny ways of holding onto this thing. Pretty soon, you've got uh, what's that thing that people get? They're always at their desks, you know, you like some type stress of ball. tendonitis and stuff. And no, you know, it's not stress balls, but okay. it's people get tendonitis in their wrists and all this other funny kind of weird stuff. Um, but what ends up happening is if you, if any of you guys are lucky enough to sit in a car with Scar at some point on this ride, and I, I strongly suggest it, if any of you are lucky enough to do this, you're sitting there and you're pulling back on the string for however many minutes this ride is in length, and he's got a little button. He just hits this little button and fire away. So as quick as he can touch that little button and, you know, to be fair, right, you know, this is, this is fine. But don't, you don't look at his score and think that you're inadequate in any way. It is just not terrible.
0: Oh, that you know, I feel like there's some. Terrible. I feel like there's some tears over there. You know, that's okay. Well, you, know? you know, I noticed that I usually win, and that's okay. You know, I I think I'd win without the button, but that's 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 you know maybe Probably I'll. Would,
1: I'm just I'm pointing it out to people so
0: that they know. Okay, I feel like you also pointed it out in my in our vlog that we did back in two thousand fourteen. But that like,
1: hey, all right, all right, all right, all right.
0: Um, because
1: not a lot of people know about that. Yeah, it's a, it's a little different.
0: Okay, so what you'll find with with Midway Mania is they have that uh, that Coronado Hotel look, isn't it? California Del Coronado. Del Coronado, I think yeah. it's
1: the one down in San Diego. You've seen pictures, Absol- of white and red.
0: And- absolutely beautiful. So that's what they kind of themed this attraction on. This attraction is themed towards a pier. It's perfect for it. It's a really fun attraction. People up in cell Cars Land, that's where they ran in the mornings. I mean, I ran many, many times or wheeled very fast to it and, uh, you know, ran over small children and all. It, it was a good ride. You got to get there fast and usually 45 and, minute queue. And um, yes, what was that? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I was just going to say it did uh, just just for people keeping keeping track kind of on a on a timeline of sorts, um, you know, you know, listening. It wasn't. Uh, this wasn't part of the. It wasn't part of the full expansion. This came no. earlier. This came in two thousand seven. So it was a little yeah. early.
0: It just. It was. Um, it was approved just before uh, the whole renovation. So as far as I remember, Midway Mania was not part of that billion dollar expansion. This was added just mm-hmm. before, kind of that Matt and Lumet time of around two thousand four onwards, and that kind of mm-hmm. period in between, I believe. I believe maybe somebody could yeah, correct that Two thousand two
1: thousand eight is when they threw it into the ground and I think and then there was some some one of them opened up in, in Tokyo, um in twenty twelve. So later on that one yeah. the one that opened up in Tokyo actually was in line with the actual DCA expansion. But anyway, so
0: Yes. Yeah, so there we go. It, it's it's a really beautiful, it's kind of a red uh, roofs with a kind of a yellow dusty-ish design. Very beautiful. Lots of lots of incredible uh, woodworking and stuff. You'll find uh, Mr. Potato Head doing his barking, you know, talking. I don't think he pulls his ear out anymore. I, I would gather that maybe somebody tried to steal the ear. That's why he doesn't. So he would actually pull his ear out and then put it back in. Sometimes you drop it and out of nowhere, a cast member would appear and stick it back in there. But I kind of feel like they have uh, done away with that because I haven't seen that in a very long time. Um, So that is that area. There's a few kind of uh, things in front of it. There's a few kind of areas where there's uh, some outdoor vending that's kind of themed a little bit towards Mm -hmm. that time era. Uh, You'll move on a little bit and you'll notice that the boardwalk area has been changed. So the boardwalk games have been updated. They've been given some Disney characters. There's a Goofy, there's a Dumbo attraction. Um, To name a few and they're all facades are built up into that almost Main Street style, you know, very decorative Victorian looking really cool But this is where this is where it gets a little bit sad This is where the model that Paradise Pier had in the Blue Sky Cellar that we did not get so mid so the fun wheel is now Mickey's Fun Wheel. So went from the Sun Wheel to Mickey's Fun Wheel. They changed the color scheme. They went to the black, red, and yellow. And then, of course, the, the white Mickey face on the front. Look really cool. I think it's an icon of the park, right? You'd think it was, right? Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Yes. It's, it's on everybody's postcards. in that big, nice panoramic shot of somebody's up at the Cove Bar sipping on their favorite tropical drink. It is the backdrop.
0: It is the backdrop. So you'll notice on the on the gondolas, they have the old-fashioned cartoon logos of you know, um, uh, what's the dog? Pluto, Goofy, Donald, and they look really cool on there. So they're they're all designed. Did you say on,
1: what's the dog?
0: You know, me and names are sometimes hard. You know, we've, okay, had, a, we've had a we've had a relationship. The
1: yellow dog, he's got a pointy tail. It's Confusing <sighs> because Goofy's a dog too. Why is he not a pet? It, it, yeah. Anyway, so
0: it's hard. So yeah. you have uh, you have that looking really cool, but unfortunately, from the concept art, there's I'm looking at one beautiful piece of concept art. It's kind of looking towards. Uh, the sun wheel inwards toward where the shops are. And the shops were never really changed. A few little alterations here or there, but other, other than that, they're exactly the same. Uh, they kind of had that that cheap kind of stucco design. They weren't updated with the big, you know, grand Victorian design. The queue for the sun wheel was not added the shade structure over it or the wraparound boardwalk that went around the edges. Maybe that was cut because of uh, World of Color probably but the kind of the concrete pond that the Sunwheel sits in remains today it's not themed towards anything it's just concrete and it's kind of unfortunate that that never got its full kind of 1920 you know seaside pier design that was in a lot of the concept art in the model unfortunately were you a bit disappointed about that I was
1: yeah you know I I think um I don't know. I'm easy to impress. I I was excited. I'm always excited when a new thing has been done. I'm one of the people that think, um, you know, I, I, this is funny. Uh, I remember a while back and this is before there were a lot of Disney fan sites, you know, dedicated to specific things about the parks, not just like, Hey, we love Disneyland, but there was a site called Disney geek, if I remember right. Mm -hmm. And they used to show almost daily photos, uh, maybe sometimes weekly, but I feel like it it was close to daily photos of space mountain, uh, both being painted to that brown bronze level, and then also painted back down to white when that time came. And you know, I was, yeah. uh, I, and so I was excited to watch and see the new Tomorrowland, and it blew my mind when I got there in the Rocket Rods. And then uh, you know, and then also to see it change back. So I like to see new things get done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some of the some of the, the the cool new things that were happening at the park as a whole kind of took care of. The things that I feel like they should have done in Paradise Pier, but didn't. Okay, that's so a good point. My and so now looking, if I look at it now, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, there were all kinds of problems, and not enough was done, and all this and all that. But at the time, I was too stoked, I was too excited about everything as a whole that I couldn't see these. I couldn't see these issues. Maybe they were banking on that. They're like, hey, let's distract them with this and this and this and this, and they won't realize that uh, you know we just kind of you know I don't know we we, we took a, we put a couple toothpicks in the ground and threw a little bit more sand over there it, they did a lot of weird stuff, um, but they also didn't do enough. Um, but again, if you're asking at the time, I didn't think anything of it and I loved it.
0: Okay. That's a good point. I like the way you said that because I kind of think I felt the same way until you, you know, you said that that's interesting about, there's a lot of other flashy things that kind of distracted you in a way. That's interesting. So you'll notice that Malboomer's gone they tore it down piece by piece it came on down as of today there's just a concrete pad there with three trees on top not even a meet and greet which was strange maybe because there's like mechanical stuff down there they don't want people walking around near but um that's still that's still the you know just a concrete pad with no attraction there in the model there was actually a three tower green army man attraction so it was kind of like those parachute rides they used to have at knott'sbury farm they would they'd bring you up there and then they'd drop you down. The parachute would catch and they do go kind of slowly downwards. Um, that was actually something that was in the model for Paradise Pier. So this was the rev- renovation model. Unfortunately, that mm. never came, which would have been nice. Sounded like a, a pretty cool thing. Unfortunately, we never got.
1: Yeah, you know, I there, there were a lot of things and and I don't know if you guys really or, or can think back or maybe you went to the park yesterday and so it'd be a lot easier to remember this, but so Paradise Park and Paradise Pier are different. Paradise Pier is, as Scar mentioned, once you go, you know, past kind of Ariel's Grotto and you come around the corner and do all that, and then you get over kind of where the, where the Zephyr is, I guess, or maybe just right after the Zephyr, not Zephyr, um, after the, the Silly Swings symphonies and all that kind of stuff. Once you get over there, um, that's, that would be the Paradise Park area. Yeah, They're supposed to have different audios, and I think they do. I'm, I'm sure that they're not making a mistake with this or whatever. but even that's not very distinctively different. You know, like, and I, I know that that's supposed to differentiate between the two things, but why would they want to do that? Hmm. If it's supposed to be continuous and it's supposed yeah. to be this, you, you shouldn't have an issue with uh, you know uh, continuity here, but you do, because you're now you're sectioning it off on purpose and you're separating it on purpose. but it it's it's just it's never been nev- nothing has ever been all the way tied together over there
0: no and it I, just I, hasn't yeah i definitely agree with you on on that i think the the idea was when they switched out the audio uh loops around the actual peer portion it's supposed to be a little bit more energetic you know upbeat whereas paradise sure. park area was supposed to be a little more subtle a little slower um mm-hmm. more relaxing in the park area i think but um, i don't get
1: the concept i understand why they would do it but it's another thing that for somebody that that maybe has a little bit of a uh, you know a hard time focusing sometimes it's too much it's too much stuff going on like it uh, it's just pulling you in so many different directions yeah and so maybe with this Pixar thing it's going to bring everything together but I swear if they have one you know but then if they have this silly symphony thing or if they keep one Disney thing over there which I'm not going to go into this right now but it sounds like they're going to keep you know, Mickey's face on the thing. Maybe they're not going to do that. I don't We're going to
0: get to Pixar Pier. Don't worry. We're going to get, there. I know, but it's just, I'm,
1: all I'm saying is just in my summary of what's going on and what you've described so far. And I know you have a little bit further, you know, to go around the clock here, but it just, it doesn't, nothing, it, it never ties all the way together. You yeah, know, it's like true. when there's a puzzle, you finally finish it, but there's like three pieces are missing and it's like, forget about it. You launch it on the floor. It's kind of like that in a way.
0: Yes that that's true that's that's my biggest concern with paradise pier is it's a lot of patchwork and uh yeah that's unfortunate so coming now out of where the malibu was or your orange is gone been torn down and replaced with silly symphony swings so it's more of like a circus top right and then you got the swings coming down yeah. and then the center column is supposed to be kind of like a tornado they've you know painted it up with all the silly symphony designs and it kind of moves around in a way of uh of a, of a tornado so that's and it's got some music you can hear that from around the area it's more open so it feels like you're swinging more up in the air i think it's pretty popular uh, fun fact if you were to look at all the artwork even the very small thumbnails in the blue sky cellar you'll see that there was a lot of different versions of this attraction there was a i believe i'm not 100 sure because it was difficult to see one of these uh, designs but there may have been an ursula themed one at one time there was definitely a pinocchio uh, themed, uh, swing ride they had envisioned where it had like that kind of big guy with the beard, he, me and names again, uh, from Pinocchio, the bad guy, he put him in the boxes, the, the donkeys. Oh, uh,
1: yeah. You know, the guy stromboli. Yeah.
0: There he goes. He was in this ticket, a booth terrible
1: impression, but stromboli. Yeah.
0: He guy. was in a ticket booth out front and there was even, <laughs> even a claw themed swing ride at one time too. Wow. These are all the different ones. Yeah, th- it, was oh, it was interesting.
1: Been kind of cool to see. I, you know, I don't remember looking at that artwork in the in the cellar. I, I know that you used to go in there, and, and went in there a couple of times. It was it was pretty pretty excellent. But you know, everybody, you know, they these swings are rolling around to the William Tell Overture, um, the storm. Um, it's actually super neat. They do like a little spiel about it and everything. Um, you guys may remember it from the actual cartoon where Mickey gets up there and all the notes scatter and they fly off the page and these characters you know like uh horus horse Collar or whatever one of those the older characters you know he's sitting there playing some instruments and he's sitting in the chair he's flying around it's really zany um it really does give that impression when you're riding on it i think the soundtrack is kind of neat because it's not overbearing mm-hmm. it's not over the top with a bunch of weird cartoony noises
0: i like it a lot you got mickey on the top he's got the uh the conductor wand and all i remember when somebody oh. like snapped a picture of that backstage and i was like super excited i thought it was super cool Um, and I remember seeing this attraction getting built which was nice Um, one of the things there is some early concept art that was kind of cool it made it a little bit more rickety and old-fashioned looking there was a lot more like wood supports and beams and it never really materialized into that but I still like it Uh, across the walkway there you'll find boardwalk pizza and pasta that's a huge change from burger invasion and of course the uh, whatever oh, that burger
1: pa- invasion classic, I love that
0: place, whatever the whatever the pizza place was, um, that was replaced. Pizza Umau Mau. Yes, now, now. there we go. So they ooh, added a lot of like food? trees and overhead things. There's a bandstand there. I think it's really nice. Huge, huge improvement to that area. We've eaten there before. Um, you'll also find uh, jumping jellyfish is exactly the same as today. How that fits into a 1920s pier, I have no idea. Um, I'm not sure if they had metallic things like that at the time, but, you know, not, not going to ask a lot of questions. Um, the no, only Sometimes sand, it's better to not do it.
1: You know, you'll just end up, you'll you'll end up disappointing yourself in some
0: Yeah, way. you'll find the sandbar is still in the same place. The only sand in Paradise mm-hmm. Pier. Uh, the mm-hmm. Golden Zephyr, exactly the same as today. Um, in some of my more recent trips to Disneyland, I have seen it operate. So I, I like seeing it at night. It looks super cool. And uh, the other things in that area, there's Corndog Castle. I think there were some small changes in that area, giving it a little more seating. And then the final change in that back corner, of course, is Goofy's Flight School, changing that out from Mahalan Madness to Goofy's Flight School. So Goofy's, you know, teaching you how to fly. Uh, There was a lot of actually really unique and fun concept art when it came to Goofy's Flight School inside of the uh, Blue Sky Cellar. There was one where you had uh, the entrance to the attraction was actually this orange hangar. And on the very top was a marquee and it was goofy in a plane and he'd flown through the sky school like sign. And uh, it it was really unique, had a lot of cool designs to it, a lot of flags. There was a, you know, an ATC tower with some flags and stuff like that. Um, What we got in the end was just kind of some paint and a few billboards and things (laughs) like that i always kind of envisioned with that attraction if you had goofy in the atc tower up there and you could kind of see his animatronic moving around a little bit maybe down on the ground where it's just sand if you could you know force perspective make that look like um you know um how do you say that farms down below so if you made like the patchwork of farms that you'd see like in google maps or something from above would be really cool but uh Just some little details there. There was a lot of rumors about this area changing. I think to this day, it's still always talked about. I think it was just a short-term fix for the area. So I don't think they went as much detail as they probably could have to kind of maybe in the future, um, get to, you know, to remove it and add something new there potentially.
1: It's a really pretty standard issue ride. You know, the Wild Mouse roller coaster, it, Anybody, I'm sure there's some some uh, some roller coaster ride enthusiasts out there. Um, Mack Rides built that thing, and there wasn't, you know, if you really think about it, unless they were going to knock it down and do something totally different, there wasn't that much they could do differently than what was originally set up with Mohall and Madness. Yeah, it's true. You know, they're, they're, but you're right. I mean, you they, they really could have you could have built up and done a little bit more fun stuff with the facade, but there was there wasn't that much. And you know, in fact, like I guess what it's based on was that you guys have all seen these funny little cartoons they do with Goofy where, you know, Goofy teaches you to ski and he does all this other stuff. Well, you know, in the forties they were doing all these short films and this one's based on Goofy's glider. Um, Really funny, hilarious one. And, but there's still, there's not that much, you know, there's not that much to, there wasn't that much to do with it, but where you're talking about that concept with the hangar and, you know, like a flyover type situation, that would have been great, but maybe it wouldn't necessarily have matched up with, cartoon that they based it on but maybe they did not need to base it on the cartoon a lot of questions a lot of possibilities that's the fun part about
0: this i always think that just a simple animatronic even if it's not moving 100 percent or really like interacting with people just a little bit of motion just a little bit of uniqueness really goes a long way like look, mr potato head livens up this whole area of paradise pier in the back like a little goofy animatronic you know up in the tower or something like that i think would have been really 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 cool and sure. so paradise pier so from i'm i'm just kind of ballparking this estimate from around 2008 to 2011 a lot of really good changes but just they didn't take it all the way in the right direction you know i just felt like you know with with california screaming there was not really any additions to its queue even though the model showed you know some changes to that area um the actual carousel there was some changes to that that was in the model, like a nice, really big kind of canopy. A lot of detail was introduced into that area, which was never seen. So there was a lot of missed opportunities in this area. I think a lot of that money went to maintain the quality in Cars Land, to maintain the quality in Buena Vista Street, which are all really good. And I think those that, that's good. It's just sad that I think Paradise Pier didn't get what it fully deserved. And it's just kind of looked half done since that particular time.
1: I think there's some unfinished business over here And we're being critical of it because we want to see things improve. Mm -hmm. Um, We love it and we're going to be critical. That doesn't mean that it's a bad thing and that we're, you know, saying anything negative about Imagineers or ride operators or shareholders or anything like that. This is more just about like we, there were things that we thought kind of went missing or that were taken away and maybe shouldn't have or put there that maybe shouldn't have. It's just, we wanted to give you guys a lay of the land so that you remember what did this place look like when it first started what did it look like after the uh, the expansion and the kind of revitalization and everything? And I think this leads very well into maybe just a little teaser on what we're going to talk about next time.
0: Next time, we're going to be talking about the future of Paradise Pier and where we think it should go. And I think there's a lot of stuff coming to the land, a lot of stuff that does look nice, but maybe in the wrong context, things along those lines, I think uh, Baguna really put it well there is I love Paradise Pier. Like, I think it has so much potential. I just have never seen it fully executed. And uh, as somebody who's always loved imaginary, always loved design, like, I'm always looking at how I would have done this or how I would have done that. But it's easy for me to sit here and do that. There's not, you know, budgets and there's not people, you know, wanting to do this or that and trying to, you know, there's a lot of like pulling back and forth, like one group wants this and one group wants that and stuff like that. So there's a lot of pressure on them. And and I totally get that. It's very easy for me to sit here and like criticize and stuff. But uh, I I love it. So I criticize it because I care a lot about it. And I think
1: some uh, of the benefits, too, and I'm not going to name any names. Paul Pressler, but um, there's certain people that aren't involved and aren't in the picture anymore that may have lent um, to like kind of the, when Disney especially was going through sort of this like cost savings phase mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily in the picture anymore. So when we see, and this is just me playing devil's advocate, because you know, I'm, I'm just as nervous about the Pixar peer as anybody else, especially you, um, just as nervous. But in a, a slight, uh, you know, just a, just a one shot at optimism here. I'm hoping, I'm thinking that because there are less penny pinchers maybe now than there were then, that we will see something something done, done right over here. Not to say that everybody in charge of the Parks Division and at Entertainment Arts and at, at Imagineering are on the same page and they're just going to throw money out here and it's going to be wonderful because that's not always the answer either. But um, it could be good. But again, like you said, I mean, from what we've seen so far, there's just as many questions as if we hadn't seen anything. And I think that's a little bit of a scary part. A
0: little yeah, scary. it is a little bit scary. And when it comes to these renovations, and I think it was fun to look back at way back in 2001, when we first went there as kids to 2008 to 11 and then today, where we are now, it's interesting to see how many times this this particular land has changed. And it's not only, some of these are the same attractions, just changing out names and details like that. It's It's very interesting to see that. And I think one thing to always take in mind is, sometimes you got to bite the bullet and you got to you got to invest in something for the long term. You know, these aren't mm-hmm. just a movie that that's going to be out for three months and then disappear and gone forever. These are things that are going to be here for decades and decades. And you've got to invest in it like it's going to be there for decades and decades. And each attraction in a way is I, it's a weird way of saying it. But each attraction you go on is kind of your last impression of, of the part. Like if you go on you know, silly symphony swings, and that's your last, you know, ride. Or if you go on Midway Mania, like each attraction has got to be something unique and cool that when you leave the park, you remember these like fantastic things. And I think,
1: I think they forget that sometimes. That's a really good point. And it, and it, it it's so, it's so broad sweeping. I feel like so often the park is catering to annual pass holders. And I've been once and I, and yeah. you know, there's nothing negative about that, but what they have to remember is there are so many people that go there and that will be the one and only time they ever go.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And if they're going to go for a second time, some, far, some ways down the road, like you said, they need to have an absolute bang up experience on whether it's a ride, an attraction, a restaurant, even a restroom. The last thing that they do there or the, the last few things that they do or whatever that day looks like to them, that uh, it, it, it will be burned in their brain. And if it's not good, and if the, if they're saying, oh well, you know, things were a little rusty that day, or, didn't have the right cast members working on that, or you know, uh, we 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 were trying to save some money on that, so we didn't you know we didn't think long term, we we're thinking short term as a band aid until we could do this big thing. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe those people plan their trip and they're not going to be there for the big thing. They saw whatever overlay or whatever you know. Patchwork that you put on there at that time and they will remember the park that way and they will tell their friends about the park that way and their family that way and it's not going to instigate them to want to necessarily come back or if it's really great it will so positive and negative but at the same time you're right it's like you get one shot with a lot of these guys with a lot of these guests you get one shot don't i mean just like uh, yeah like they, they just they're for such a long time for like a full decade after the you know proverbial disney decade they really, I, I hate to say it, I feel like they really got cheap on a lot of stuff. They got very short-sighted, very short-term. Yeah. There were a lot of takeovers. There were a lot of mergers. The company was buying out lots of different assets all over the place. And that took focus and it took dollars away from parks. I'm hoping that money starts coming back, especially because of this whole Pixar thing, because of the Marvel thing. And I'm completely, completely beside myself about the Tower of Terror going away and being replaced with this Guardians of the Galaxy thing. We'll talk about that at another time. That's a whole thing. But at the same time, there's a lot of money in Marvel. So if there is, let's funnel it kind of around the right way and earmark some of it for the parks because I, I, I would just hate to see that get ignored again for another 10 years where they keep doing this little stuff and, and just uh, you know, kind of forgetting about, about that, that, big, that big park experience.
0: Yeah, I think that's... Uh...
1: That was a tangent. I'm sorry, but I just I got sensitive about it first. I had to.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think the last thing I was going to mention is um, word of mouth. I think's more more. It's more like, not the right word, but more potent than it's ever been with social media. So Absolutely. you know, if if I think of you know a lot of traditional media is a lot less powerful than it used to be. Whereas if somebody you know that you know goes onto their social media when they get back and talks about how much they love Cars Land or. Man, that Paradise Pier—I'm not sure what was going on over there. Like, that's like really powerful. It's just an interesting just side note uh, about society today. Is we're the mouth that's a Really is good huge. point. Really and good point
1: because you guys remember and watch it together on the Travel Channel. You would see them come on, and this this lady I, I, and I'm always forgetting her name. She was great. Anyway, she comes on there, and she would always do these funny things about. Rides at Disneyland, to Disney World, and they'd always talk about, hey, what's the fastest ride here? It turned out mm-hmm. to be the monorail but everybody was guessing Space Mountain or something. But <laughs> they, would, they would show those specials. And obviously, there was some Disney incentive to make sure very that scripted. those were the right way, very scripted. And then there'd also be these DVDs that get sent out if you really wanted one. It'd be full of cut scenes and a lot of hugs and a lot of you know Kodak moments and all this kind of stuff. And that stuff sold people then. But now, you're right. A three, four, five second... A three to four to five second clip, a Snapchat, whether it's a snap, whether it's something that showed up on, you know, it's like Instagram boomerang or something and the right captions there in 128 letters or less characters or less, um, that can make all the difference. Nobody's going to watch those DVDs. I don't even think there is a travel channel anymore. If there is, it's terrible. Nobody watches. Nobody watches cable anyway. So, you know, like, yeah, they, they cannot rely on that traditional media anymore. They really need to be putting their best foot forward every day
0: yeah because every day there's there's what was once like a once a year when a reporter would come in and cover something everyone's there in a way as a reporter role and i think it's interesting how this podcast is you know talked about in the past the way the parks were designed you know really kind of consumer product focused in that early days and how it kind of changed in that 2008 time frame and it's kind of a Kind of a little, little interesting arc of society in its whole about how social media has changed, how, you know, thinking in Disneyland has changed, how they're moving more and more towards IP focused. You know, like we had mentioned at the beginning, Paradise Pier in the beginning did not have very much IP. It, the only thing was that old uh, carousel guy. What was his name again? Was
1: yeah. Name? Uh, uh, I'm trying Triton. To think Triton. Was King, Triton yeah, King, King Triton. King Triton. Hanging out. He's the only out. thing
0: there. So it's just interesting to see how over this decade or more how things have changed. And I still just go to that fact is, you know, when when people, you know, tag certain things in Paris Pierre, they're like, ah, oh, this is kind of not you gotta, like you said, gotta put your best foot forward and invest right, for day. the long term.
1: Every day there's gonna be somebody there. We we're all amateur photographers, we're all amateur reporters. Um, we think that everything we say everybody needs to hear and there's, <laughs> there's a lot of weight behind it. And You know, in a lot of ways, that's true. You know, if you're an opinion leader, even a little bit, you got 17 people are, you know, like this photo or whatever. They check it out, and they're going to look at that. And if there's something that's either appealing or not appealing to them about that, they they trust you. They're following you or they're watching you. They're they're trying to be creepy or they trust you. Um, they they trust you a lot more than they would somebody representing the company or an ad agency representing the company or a PR person representing the company. It's a huge difference and reputation, whether it be word of mouth or, you know, it's written in text either way, especially in a social realm is just, it's completely critical here. And the more walls that they have up over there right now during the construction phase, I'm not going to get into that, but I feel like there had to have been easier ways to do this. Probably not because those are engineers and they know a lot more about crowd control than I do, but it just seems like even that might've been a mistake.
0: Maybe. Yeah, and Maybe. we'll get into Pixar Pier and, and uh, sure, what we would have done, of course, in the next podcast. And I think to close this out, and it kind of ties in from the beginning of the the kind of the failures that, you know, Bob Iger himself has admitted and that happened in the beginning that were changed out and are being changed out again, is that you have to invest and you have to think long term. Think of how, you know, Disney spent like so much money in 1958 as a long, long term investment for submarines. Monorail, Matterhorn, these are all attractions that are still here. They invested huge into Pirates of the Caribbean and the Haunted Mansion. These are still with us today. Pirates of the Caribbean spawned an entire movie franchise. And if you just like let the Imagineers have the resources they need and a little bit of room, I think they can be just absolute wizards. But I think there's a lot of micromanaging. There's a lot of this and a lot of like, you know, pulling in a lot of directions that I think is evident when you look at Paradise Pier. But when you see other attractions like Carsland, I think there was more of a central leadership. I think there was a long term vision. And if you look at the concept art, it's fairly the same from the very beginning till the end. There wasn't a lot of alterations. And when you look at Paradise Pier from 2008 to 2011, there was a lot of alterations to the concept art. A lot of changes over and over and over. So there's a lot of turmoil, at least in my opinion, from looking from afar into it. There was a lot of indecision on what to do. And you look at, you know, like I said, Buena Vista Street, pretty much the same from the beginning. There was looked like there was like a, you know, an idea and they just executed. Whereas Paradise Pier, again, not a lot of long term thinking, not a lot of consistency. And like I said, I think it could be one of my favorite lands in the park. It just had, you know, a vision and then it was fully thought out. We could have something cool there. And it's it is beautiful at night. So I think uh, Paradise Pier could could be something good if it had that.
1: Yeah, but it's almost like, and I hate to make this, I, I don't want to make this comparison, but I, I do think it's kind of funny and it's a little bit relevant. You know, you're at, like a, you're at like, like a bar or club or something at night and there's all these lights everywhere and everybody looks really great, but then it's like last call, it's like 1.45, 2.45 something in the morning and the lights start coming on. And you see, whoa, wait a second, there's a lot of scuffs around here and that does not look like who I was talking to earlier. That is really kind of what happens with California Adventure. You see, you see, California Adventure, specifically Paradise Pier, because there are be- very beautiful parts of the park. But during the day, during the stark daylight, mm-hmm. you see Paradise Pier over there. You just it's, it's like that scene in, um, in uh, European Vacation, the National Lampoon's one, when they get, to, uh, they get to Stonehenge, and Rusty gets out, and he looks at the thing, and he goes, Dad, what the hell is this? That's kind of what it is. And I think a lot of people, have, I have that question. I know that you do sometimes, and I'm sure that a lot of people listening do. And we're excited. I'm excited to see your questions and your feedback in the comments. Let us. I I, I can't wait to hear what people have to say about this.
0: Yeah, I, I think there would be a lot of interesting opinions on what time period people like, what they think about some of those changes that were made in the 2008 to 2000 time frame, of course. And uh, yeah, I don't know. To you know, I don't get out much, so I'm not sure about the bar analogy. And but you, can imagine, you much, can imagine. But I can so imagine. True. I can imagine, of course, and. Uh, There we go. I think that was super fun. We did our nostalgia tour to 2001. I think maybe in a future um, podcast, we could talk about trips we've had, you know, in the past and stuff like that, you know, really go into the detail. And I think it was fun to kind of think about a company and society as a whole about, you know, looking more long term instead of such short term games. Like, what can I get out of this today? What can I get out of it today? Um, You know, thinking long term, I think, is uh, something that's a little lost in today's society a little bit and i think uh, that was good to talk about and so this has been episode one of the backlot boys i had a lot of fun did you
1: i can't be i i can't even believe this i we've been talking about it for years we finally did it this is the first episode um bear with us as we get some kinks out but thank mm-hmm. you for being here for episode one uh i don't want to keep repeating episode one over and over but it's a big this i'm so excited about this i had a great time i can't wait to do more of these and uh yeah, I don't even, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked to get the feedback so we can uh,
0: keep it going. I'm looking forward to the next episode. We're going to dive into the changes that are happening right now and how we would change Paradise Pier. We have been putting a lot of thought into this. This is going to get, this is going to get wild. This is going to get crazy. So guys, thank you so much for watching. And until next time, we'll see you
2: next time.